You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside and outside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Glad to have you along for the ride alongside Matt Adams here and Mike Chappell there, we shall say but still here with us uh, more than in spirit, in, in digital spirit uh, as well. Um, glad to have you all along as the uh, the first preseason game looms for the Colts this year. If you are in central Indiana, we will be airing that uh, preseason game against the uh, Bills on Saturday, 1 p.m., broadcast on CBS4 once again if you are in central Indiana. So uh, once again, um, every game, every single Colts game this year, preseason, regular season. You can watch on our family of networks here in Central Indiana, either CBS4 or Fox 59. We've got every single stinking one of them. So uh, happy to have that and happy to have you all here as we get ready for that first game of the year. Uh, it, it, it is finally finally coming to real football. Um, that these, uh, these dog days of camp are lending themselves to uh, at least something that more resembles real football. Uh, chap, not that I would probably be caught dead watching another preseason game for a team that I wasn't covering because it's the preseason. But uh, for nevertheless, for everyone here who is a Colts fan, um, there, there's a lot to look forward to this year. There's a lot of change from year to year. I doubt we're going to see Shane Steichen completely open the playbook, but there, there's I think a lot uh, to be to be eager about uh, in this preseason, and maybe more so than in years past, just because of all the changes that we have seen uh, from last year to this year within the franchise. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's number five. It, it's Anthony Richardson, and it's taken that next uh, step in his development. Remember how they all off season and after the draft, it was reps, reps, reps. You know, OTAs, training camp, preseason games. Well, now we're in the preseason games, and it, it he he just needs to play. You know, we've we've seen them split reps for the most part, fifty fifty. I mean, I'm sure. Richardson's taken more, but it's not the same. And, and you know, and, and they've even ramped it up in training camp. You know, with, with not with no contact, and then limited contact, and then you know, lately you know there, there's been contact. So, but it's not the same because you're not. You know, the quarterback's wearing a red jersey for a reason. He, he he's he's untouchable. Well, you, he won't wear a red jersey on Saturday. <laughs> so he'll be fair game, and they need to play while it's really on him. So do the other rookies, and so do the other young players. Uh, Drew Drew Ogletree, you know the tight end. You know he, he missed last year, so he he's essentially a rookie. So it, it's reps, reps, and we'll all get caught up in the in the wins and losses. And I was looking here, the Colts have lost like one, two, three, like six straight to Buffalo in the preseason. Who cares, really? It, it's exposure. It's playing. It, it's allowing Richardson to feel that next level and for him to once again show that this is not too big for him. Yeah, and, and I think there's no doubt, Matt, that we're going to see Anthony Richardson in some form. Maybe Shane Steichen will will let us know a little bit uh, tomorrow. Uh, we take this podcast on Wednesday. The Colts will practice on Thursday. Uh, they're in their final practice here before heading out to Buffalo, but um, I, I doubt he tells us too much. He, he might not. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not that he ever tells us too much, but, but this year, more than other years, you know that the starting quarterback is going to play at least a little bit because everything that we've heard out of their headquarters since being being drafted as this guy needs reps and this is your prime opportunity to get him at least some reps I can't promise how many he will see maybe it's only two or three series uh, but nevertheless there is a plan to get him out there on the field there has to be it, it, it's funny that you say that about Steichen because one of my uh, new co-workers uh, recently started uh, he said boy your, your guy's coach just doesn't talk very much and say very much <laughs> I was like well no no he doesn't and, and we won't really get an indication even though they'll practice tomorrow and there will be a media availability tomorrow. Traditionally, that is when they kind of tell you what the plan is for the preseason game. Maybe they will surprise us, but I have no idea. I, I, I would not put it past Shane to still say, we're, we're sorting through that, and you'll, you'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. You know, you know I, 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 I think he tells us. I, I think he does. Optimism uh, from Chap. Well, well, well first, first of all, let's, you know, using common sense, Richardson needs to play. I mean, everybody, and again, let's not get tied up on series or quarters. It's probably plays. 
you know, you say two series and he goes two, three and outs and then he's done. Well, you know, maybe 20 plays, which I don't know. But if he's going to play, he needs to play with the first unit. You cannot put it's just you got to make it advantageous to the rookie, and that that does not mean putting him out there with the, with the number two line, which I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who the number two line is. So he's going to play. To me, he's out there with the first unit, and as long as he's out there, the first unit's out there, and then poor Gardner Minshew will sort of you know muddle around, and then good luck with Sam Ellinger with what he's dealing with. But I just think that it's going to be like 20 plays and he'll play with the first unit because that's what he needs to do. I won't, I won't be shocked if Steichen says that, although like you said, he's given us no indication to this point. He's going to give us any details, but I think in this instance he will. And if he doesn't, we can just, we can just kind of guesstimate that that's what he's going to do. Yeah, and maybe the more intrigue comes on defense. Like, is Shaquille Leonard going to play? Because he's probably going to need something before he's ready week one, you know? Will DeForest Buckner play? Eh, probably eh, not. I doubt it. You know, I like, will, will Kenny Moore play? Eh, I doubt eh, it. Maybe not. Yeah, exactly. So all those players, you're like, eh, probably not on that side of the ball. But who knows uh, what uh, exactly the um, the – modus operandi of this new coach and his staff is but it is funny chap that you do mention the uh the, the first versus second unit because the colts did release the first unofficial depth chart of camp this week we'll get into that in a little bit uh, a bit later in the show uh, not not too much to dissect there but uh, nevertheless there is a little bit uh, of course because it is a little bit of news coming out of camp but the biggest news coming out of colts training camp this week is the fact that someone uh, who was here uh in his hoodie for the first uh, eight or so practices of camp is no longer here. And that is running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He had been on the sidelines at practice until this past Tuesday. Yesterday, I guess, as we tape this podcast. And uh, he was nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found. Um, I know that uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN, our friend, is reporting that he is not on the premises. And Shane Steichen declined to answer whether he was on the premises or not. So, I'm sure that all of our uh, viewers can uh, very uh, easily decipher uh, whether he is or not from from that answer and that reporting. Um, Mike, is this a notable step backward or just the next um, the next phase of whatever you call this uh, disagreement between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts right now? It's a good question, and I had someone within the organization said uh, no alarm. You know, they knew this was coming. But I, I, I don't see how you can spin this with any positive nature. You can't. How many players can we think of in the last 10 years has, has been rehabbing and he does it away from the team? It, it's, I don't care if the team knew about it, whatever. Uh, this, this, to me, a podcast gives you a chance to sort of say what's on your mind. I I don't see, to me this 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 is something of a slap in the face of the team doctors, the team trainers, the team rehab staff. You know, I'll get better work on my own. And I don't know how else you can read it. Uh, no, no team wants a player who has an injury, whatever that injury is, to be doing things with their own doctors or their own trainers or or whatever. I think this is. I think the Colts allowing this is them not wanting to go from DEFCON 3 to DEFCON 2. And before long, we're going to hit DEFCON 1 because, you know, at some point something's got to happen. But I, I don't – to me, I, I can't think of another time in my years that, that a player, any player, let alone your best offensive player, that once camp opens, he is allowed – to go and do whatever he does on his own. It, 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 if, if they want to put a positive spin on it, fine. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think, like, my question is, was it, you know, was it a step back or is it just the next next step forward, it's a, you know? Then, but, then it's a step yeah, back. And then it's yeah, a step exactly. Back. Like, and that, yeah, that was my point. Like, it's, it, can't, it can't be viewed as a step forward. It, it, it really can't be. Like, if anything, it's a step sideways at best, like you said directly. Like, it, it's, it's nothing that, uh, that is obvious, like, oh, the two sides are, are, are getting closer because Jonathan yeah, Taylor team, is no longer a The team didn't camp. say, hey, JT, why don't you go to wherever and work out? I don't think so. 
No, not a thing. Not a thing in the NFL. So, um, so, so uh, Matt, they're, they're at a place here where and, – and, and they keep either having running backs in for workouts or they're signing different running backs. And they, they need to sign running backs because, you know, Zach Moss is injured and Deion Jackson uh, it misses, misses a practice. So, so they need to sign at least some bodies. But when you sign guys like, uh, like Kenyon Drake, who's been in the NFL for eight years now, who's rushed for nearly 1,000 yards in a season, like th- this is not just a camp body that you're bringing in. This is a guy that you expect to have some type of impact on the team uh, – and of course, if Jonathan Taylor's back, uh, everything in terms of the running back's uh, use changes. But this is a guy that you can bring in and rely on to be a part of your offense and not just a part of training camp. It's just it's just stunning. I, I mean, going into to camp and everything, that this has become yeah. uh, where, where it is now. And now, like you said, they're looking at veteran guys because they need people who are going to be able to carry... That They may need people mm-hmm. who are going to be able to carry the load for the team, which is really not where we thought we were going to be just just a month ago. Yeah, chap, I think that's that it's the utmost it's the easiest way for for our for our discussion, our dialogue, our analysis to to, to kind of take some shape or to take some some real uh, to have some teeth to it, you know, like we could we can guess what's going on in Chris Ballard's head in the discussion with Jonathan Taylor, but his actions are always going to speak very loud. And the action of signing Kenyon Drake to a contract, and also reportedly now having interest in bringing in uh, Kareem Hunt as well, another player who's had great success in the NFL during during his time um, in, in the league. Like, when you're adding players with that type of pedigree. That, that tells me that the, any type of discussion, if you want to even call it that with Jonathan Taylor, is, has been uh, unfruitful because these are not just rookies and second-year guys who are uh, out of the league or cut by their previous teams for, uh, for, because they weren't productive. These are guys who have been productive and have been looking for a, a good contract in the league, kind of like you know what Justin Houston was a year or two ago after the Colts let him go, and you know he's sitting out. A guy like Rodney McLeod, you know, has been with the Colts last year and is looking uh, if he gets a deal, it'll be one that that he can specifically pick for a number of dollar sign that he specifically wants. So uh, the the fact that the Colts are going for those types of running backs is is, is more uh, obvious. To, it shows us more obviously what Chris Ballard's, uh, I think, take is with how the Jonathan Taylor situation is going. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if I look at the let, – let, let's say they signed Kareem Hunt today. I, I, I don't know if that's where we're going to put the screws to Jonathan. And remember how Jim Irsay said in not-so-glamorous terms how the NFL goes on. And it does. You know, September 10th, the Colts are going to have a running back. They're going to have a running back, whether it's JT or somebody else. I kind of thought that this was a, certainly Drake was in was a reaction to Zach Moss breaking his arm. Uh, but, but again, you have you have to you have to sort of plan for the worst, don't you? I mean, if you're if you're a, a, a GM, you've got to plan. Hey, we we have every anticipation of Jonathan Taylor this thing being resolved and him being out there in September. And if I were a betting man, I'd say that's going to happen because I, I I don't see plan B that makes any sense for Jonathan Taylor. But failing that, you've got to be prepared just in case. And if, if they sign Hunt and then you've got Hunt and Drake and then, you know, Deion Jackson doesn't appear to be a serious injury and maybe Zach Moss is back in. Maybe he's back for the opener. I don't know. But you've got to plan. You've got to. You've got to hope, I guess, that this JT thing gets resolved, but you got to plan that he won't. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that if I'm Jonathan Taylor in his camp, I don't see, oh, boy, they're going to go with, with, with Kareem Hunt. I better get my rear end back in camp. I don't think he sees that. But if you're the team, you have to plan for that. Uh, Taylor does remain on the physically unable to perform list for the Colts right now. And Shane Steichen did say on Tuesday of this week that JT will return to practice when he's 100% and the medical staff clears him. So if if he's one thing, one thing that, and and we we had talked to how we've not talked to JT since was it OTAs? Was it, was it June? Yeah. Minicamp. And, and the team has not, yeah. Veteran minicamp and the team is not giving us, any on-the-record information on what's up. And I asked Shane Steichen, that's, his mo- that's the most he's talked about Jonathan Taylor. We, we had, I don't know, six, seven, eight questions 
and not exactly expansive, you know, comments. But what I what I said is, is is this is he rehabbing the injury from last year and, and where the surgery on January twenty fifth? He said he's got the ankle. Uh, the the star has reported several times the the people they talk to that this type of an injury, it's two to four weeks, let's say six weeks. Well, we're seven months, we're seven, more than seven months into it now. So uh, it's hard for me to understand what he's rehabbing because nobody's telling us other than an ankle. You know, if if the initial surgery was a success, I think EJ Speed said, yeah, I had that and, you know, I'm perfect now. Uh, But if that's the case, then did JT, did, did he aggravate the injury? Did he hurt something else on his own, away from the team? So the, the, in the absence of, of, of updated facts, you sort of start wondering what's going on. And until the team clears things up, which I don't think they will, or JT talks, which I, I, I'm not sure when he will, you're left to speculate. And, and the, the biggest speculation I've got is what's he rehabbing? Is he rehabbing the original injury or a new injury? I don't know. And for now, the Colts are staying completely mum as possible, and we're not hearing Correct. anything from Jonathan Taylor. And his agent has stopped tweeting at Jim Irsay, much to uh, much to our disappointment, uh, because that was fun. But that's probably a good, that's yeah, probably exactly. A good thing. It's a good thing for 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 them and for their relationship. Bad thing for us in the news media. We we want uh, we want the drama. Come on, bring it on. Let's go. But um, but yeah. In the meantime, the Colts have Kenyon Drake, and uh, they might be signing Kareem Hunt as well. Played a couple years in Kansas City before they released him after there was a videotaped incident where he was seen pushing and kicking a woman. No charges were filed in that instance, so I, I hesitate to call it an assault, which I've seen some people uh, call it online. Um, so uh, it was an incident for sure, and it was on videotape. And the Chiefs, from what I remember, they cut him because they like his version of the events ended up not being what was on the tape. Like they told him, he told them something and the tape came out and uh, they're like, nah, that's, that's not what you told us. So goodbye. And, and they cut him. Um, and so, and then he was gone. Then he was suspended by eight games for the NFL, even though no charges were filed against him. And then was with Cleveland for a one, two punch with uh, Nick Chubb for the last couple of years was, was pretty darn productive there. Even though his most productive season was his uh, rookie year with Kansas city, where he rushed for more than 1300 yards, eight touchdowns, 53 catches for 455 yards. Um, like Kenyon Drake has a 4.5 career yards per carry average. Like Kenyon Drake can catch the ball out of the backfield. I would love nothing more uh, than the Colts to have a running back in the backfield chap that can catch the football and that can protect Anthony Richardson. You want a guy there who has the right uh, run fits, have the right pass block fits, who can work well with the offensive line. It's something that unfortunately the Colts did not have as often last year as they have had in years past. But in order to, again, like everything for the season goes back to Anthony Richardson. So the, the most valuable thing that they can give him as a pass as a passer is time in the pocket to make the decision. And then a reliable running back, if you're from that position, a reliable running back to catch the ball. And both Kenyon Drake and Kareem Hunt have proven that they can do that in the past. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a reliable back back there, then when they run the RPO, people are just going to forget the running back and they're going to zero in on the quarterback. So... It, 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 it's just not ideal. You, you try to cover the team during training camp, but what what I found I've done, probably eighty percent of my of my coverage has been the quarterback, the running back, and the linebacker. Everything else is sort of unfolded, you know, on the periphery, which isn't the way you really want to do it. But those are the storylines, and. and Taylor is going to – it just sucks the air out of the room when when it's there's questions about him. And, and the one thing Shane Steichen said is when you don't see him here, he's rehabbing. Well, wasn't he rehabbing here when we did see him here? Uh, and he also said uh, he may be – or I think Stephen Holder wrote that, that he may be away for several days. I would think that means all this week. You know, because it's such a, a, a funky week with practice tomorrow, a short practice tomorrow, no practice game, and then they're off a couple of days and they practice three times next week when the Bears come in. 
But so as long as this thing is there, it's there, and the team can try not to talk about it or not talk much about it. But doggone, he's your best offensive player, one of your top two or three players, and this is not the way you want your 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 first year head coach, and more importantly, your rookie quarterback to have to deal with things. There's only so much we can talk about it, so I, I, I'm going to move on uh, to, to some other I, – I agree. Yeah, to some injury notes from from uh, from training camp. And uh, Jonathan Taylor no longer has company on the pup list because Tyquan Lewis has been removed from the pup list, meaning he can now practice with the team. Um, and, and we've talked about Tyquan just last week, I believe, here on the podcast and plenty before, that the last two years, like, he was really ramping up. He was playing good football bo- both before – uh, tearing that uh, that patellar tendon uh, in, in opposite legs, and chap, I believe it was you who said last week. It's a good thing he doesn't have a third. Uh, so, uh, so all, all all the best to Taekwon. Amazing! It's amazing! It's amazing! It's just amazing! It's amazing that that both ended up crazy, the, the same absolutely way crazy. All the best to Taekwon. Is uh, he's probably going to be one of the uh, the Colts eight. Uh, eight defensive linemen uh, uh, to start the season. Really, uh, the the real two line. Uh, rotation, which is what uh, you see so often in the NFL, and the Colts are certainly among those. Um, did not practice on Tuesday. Zach Moss with his broken arm. Deion Jackson, uh, which uh, that injury was not disclosed. Julian Blackman still uh, still on the beach, which is uh, yeah, the, 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 those hamstrings, chap. They're they're tough, and he's a veteran, so you know that he knows the defense. He was in it last year, but I, I I've said this too, like changing to strong safety. I would love to see him out there. But at the same time, if it's a soft tissue injury, like you want to take your time, but still a soft tissue injury that's lasting all this time, to me, is still a little concerning, isn't it? Yeah, and again, there's always different levels of hamstring injuries and and severities. And the last thing you want is for it to turn in, is to go from a two-week training camp issue to, you know, a month into the season. You don't want that. But, but again, like you said, he's changing positions, you know, at, at safety from strong safety, more closer to the box stuff. So he's missing time. He's just it, – it's not good to miss time. It, it just isn't. I mean, we, we can overdo, pra- you know, practice and all that stuff, but got to practice. And the, the more time he misses – you know, DeForest Buckner's got that foot injury. I don't think we see – people at Grand Park will see him only in his uh, – Pullover T-shirt with 99 on it. He's not going to practice again. He's not going to practice against the Bears. He won't practice in Philly. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. But Blackman's a little different. And the more time he misses, it, yes, it gives other guys a chance to get snaps. But, but again, he's changing position. He needs to be out there. And we, we've been given no indication when he might return. Right. And he, he's alongside Rodney Thomas, who the two starting safeties right there, Matt. Uh, so it's a lot of backups who are getting some time in the secondary right now. The, the thing that, that struck me, and this is a, this is a dumb observation, but the thing that, that struck me... We love me, dumb observations. <laughs> the thing that struck me is that, like, aside from DeForest Buckner, these injuries are all, like, personnel groupings. You've got two running backs, you've got your two safeties, and you've got three tight ends. Yeah, Mo Alleycox, Jelani Woods, Will Mallory, those three tight ends. And a lot of hamstrings. Where, where, where it rains, it pours, uh, so to speak, uh, among the... Uh, the Colts injured players right now. So um, a lot of guys who are near the back of the depth chart on those uh, having the opportunity to, to see a little bit more playing time. Um, the unofficial depth chart, and that's that's what brings us to the depth chart, talking about uh, guys who are at the top at the bottom. Uh, the Colts being uh, being sneaky, as you would expect, not listing a starting quarterback. Uh, they just have kind of, you know, first team, second team, third team out there if you go to uh, Colts.com and click on their depth chart. But uh, both Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson – First team quarterback. So, Chap, I guess we're going to see some some unique player combinations out there when they take the field, right? Yeah, I've never seen this before where they got the word or between the two. It's got Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson. I, I you know, I, I know why they're doing it, but I've never, I, I really can't remember a time a team has done that. And we, we always pay attention to these because it's preseason and what else you're going to do. But never put much weight. In, in, in these uh, at all. It just just don't. Because, you know, uh, one reason, Exhibit A, starting running back, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Okay. That's and, a nice and his backup And his backup is Zach Moss. So it's, you, you, we always want these teams to do this so that it gives us some idea. But, folks, please don't put much emphasis on these because they really don't mean much. But uh, Jake Funk is listed also as a backup yeah. running back. 
Don't fake the funk with Jake Funk. I love it to have him up there uh, at number two. So you're probably going to see a good amount of Jake Funk, uh, Xavier Xavier Scott, uh, another rookie out there. And, uh, of course, the uh, Kenyon Drake or and or, if possible, if he gets signed, uh, Kareem Hunt, too. Um, and then the rookie, Evan Hall, uh, all, all those running backs. But uh, the, the smoke screen continues at the top of the quarterback list, and, and that's to be expected. And, like, the, the fact that, like, the NFL is, is resorting to or at the top, like, this is not the only place, too. I believe the Buccaneers did it with, uh, with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask in their first unofficial depth chart of the year, putting a little or up there. I'll say this, though. Like, at, from covering college football earlier in my career, this happens all the time in college football. All the time. Every team, unless you have like a obvious starter returning, uh, if there's any type of conversation at all at your starting quarterback, they're going to throw the or out there during uh, during fall camp or training camp for that first team quarterback. It's just going to be how it is. Like I saw it at Florida State. Uh, it was between who was it? I think it was actually between Jameis Winston and uh, and what was his name? Uh, Clint Trickett. Uh, who were their, uh, their two quarterbacks there. And, and Jameis took the starting job, obviously, and they won the national championship that year. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not as common in, in, in NFL circles, uh, I guess. But uh, we'll, we'll find out more as training camp progresses. And, but but my, my, my thoughts on this chap, and, and I've, I think I have come around a bit from where I was at the start of training camp on, on starting quarterback. And maybe it's just because Gardner Minshew hasn't wowed me and Anthony Richardson has been fine to good uh, in the situations that he has been put in, which is probably not super uh, crazy yet. I mean, they're throwing a lot at him, and they, they're putting him in tough situations, but it, it hasn't been – it hasn't uh, – maybe trial by fire is too strong of a, uh, an expression for it. But all, all, all this to say, like I think I'm more on board with Anthony Richardson starting week one than I was at the start of training camp based on what I have seen throughout training camp. Like I said, because Gardner Minshew hasn't stunned me uh, as being obviously better, and Anthony Richardson has not appeared lost out there. That, that, that's my take. I know that you, I think, were maybe more along the lines of Richardson starting week one than I was a couple weeks ago. All this to say I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking, which is, which is probably, uh, probably for the best. <laughs> And it didn't happen very often either. You I know, right? I'm usually stick, pretty strong you, you in my with opinions. Your guns. I do. Yeah, I, 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 I've always, I've taken the approach again, and I'll beat it to death. But unless he shows he's not ready, you play him. And and with Minshew, what what you said is right. Is but that that's who Gardner Minshew is. I was talking to Rick Venturi. He calls him a singles hitter. That he he just and if you go back and look at how he's played against the Colts. They were like the old death by a thousand paper cuts, but you still die. Uh, Richardson gives you more, like you said, more of the wow. And we really, he, he's thrown some good balls. What we really haven't seen, and maybe we'll see it in these preseason games or the, 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 the joint practices, is the threat he really does bring as a runner in the RPOs. Because in practice, yeah, there's contact, and yeah, you're trying to go sort of full speed, but but you're still, but you're not, and, and you're not really seeing a running back who gets who's going to get zeroed in on and brought to the ground, his ability to make a guy miss or run through a tackle. We're really not seeing all that Richardson has to offer. So I, I but again, I think like you mentioned, to me, what's been most impressive is it's not too big for him. He had a really good back-to-back practices. I get my days mixed up. Saturday and Sunday, I think, and and then, and then Tuesday, not so much. You know, they they had both Steichen's really good in situational sessions, and they had the offense in what they called their four minute at the end of a game where the the Colts had the ball at the thirty five and two forty to play, and the defense had two timeouts, and all you need all the offense needs is a first down to put the game away. And neither Minshew or, or Richardson got the job done. It was three and out. But by and large, Richardson has had a good camp. But it's also clear that it's also clear that he's got ways to go. And that, but that, didn't you expect that? With Minshew, he's he, he's had probably a fifteen percent higher completion percentage than Richardson. But he's thrown the ball shorter, not 
taking as many shots down the field. I'm really curious how they're going to use Richardson. Again, I, th- I think he plays, I don't know, 20 plays with the starting unit, which means the starting line. And I'm not so worried about the, the receivers. I think you start the receivers. But he needs that. And he just, like I said earlier, he, he needs to experience what he hasn't experienced yet. And that'll be every game, every joint practice. He'll see something new, and that's what he needs. Well, let's discuss some of those receivers. Um, the uh, unofficial depth chart. Obviously, uh, one, two on the outside. You have Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. For uh, wide receiver three, your slot guy, Isaiah McKenzie, is listed as the starter there uh, over the rookie, Josh Downs, for now. Uh, at tight end. Uh, yeah, that's, sh- that, that, that's, that's not going to last. Downs has played more, in my mind, uh, with the ones than McKenzie has. But that, that's why I say be careful with the, the depth charts to the casual fan. Right. This is uh, this is the depth chart that you have to put out there. You're kind of like, yeah, like quote unquote legally obligated. I, I, that's that's not <laughs> literally legally obligated, but it's something that, that that teams will always do to generate discussion about themselves, which here, is what we're here, doing right here now. We are. The NFL is professional at at staying in the discussion. Here we are, yeah. Um, you have Mo Alley-Cox and Kylan Granson as your two starting tight ends. Uh, the backups right now, Drew Ogletree and Jelani Woods, um, ahead of uh, guys like Will Mallory, Farrow Brown, further down the depth chart right there. Um, the offensive line, the exact same starting five as we closed last season with, uh, is the starting five uh, right now for this year as well. And we'll see exactly how much how much they play out there. Uh, when it comes to the preseason. Jonathan Taylor, as Matt alluded to earlier, started running back, or I think, or, or Chap alluded to earlier. Maybe both of you did. I don't remember. It, 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 it was all Chap. It, it, okay, good. Uh, Shaquille Leonard penciled in as the starter at, at the Will linebacker spot. Uh, the cornerbacks, uh, Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, has risen to the top of the fold, and he's done this Chap out of necessity because with Juju Brents out uh, for the first uh, week and a half or two weeks or so of camp, uh, there was that. There was the opportunity to be had, and and I don't know if 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 Juju had been healthy all off season at the start of camp, maybe it's just an opportunity that Daryl Baker Jr. never never would have had. But right now he's played at the starting role alongside Dallas Flowers, and he has made a couple plays out there in training camp. When you're looking at guys who who flash, you know you've seen Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, a couple different times. And I'm not saying that he's an all-world cornerback, but right now he's looked as, as he's looked like one of the Colts' two best outside cornerbacks, and so he's the starter on the depth chart as we speak. Yeah, it, it, that'll change. I mean, we've seen Dallas Flower or uh, uh, Juju take more and more work with the number twos, and he's making plays. It's just they're not pushing the issue right now. Maybe by next week, Juju is is starting uh, with, with, with that first unit. So. But again, he missed so much time. I mean, all, all the offseason work in the first, I don't know, six practices. I think he's been, he's been back for two or three practices. So, but but he, he, he's a guy that, that we've talked about since they drafted him. The team has to. We project him as a starter. I'm writing something. I hope to get it done today on the cornerback position. And we knew, we know, we knew it was going to be a young group when they took when they drafted three guys. I mean, that just tells you. And you lose, what, Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Fashon and, you know, unfortunately, Isaiah Rogers. But of their 10 – this is crazy. Of their 10 cornerbacks on the roster, seven of them entered the league as undrafted free agents. That's cra- The only draft picks are the three they drafted this year. That's just, that's just wacky at a position with, that if you're not on top of your game – it's a 60-yard touchdown. So they, they knew it was going to be young. I, I, the Rodgers situation sort of complicated things quite a bit. They, you know, they, they, they got rid of Rod, they got rid of Stefan Gilmore, and they didn't re-sign Brandon Fashon. The, the, the Rodgers thing tossed them for an initial loop that they're trying to recover from, but they're going to be young. And it's funny, I was talking with uh, – Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, and, you know, things go hand in hand. Pass rush and cornerback and and coverage. And they've got young corners, and you don't know for sure where your pass rush is coming from. So that's a really bad combination. It will be a a unique year, I think, (laughs) for for this Colts team and and corners specifically. That's an insane stat that you gave, Chap, that out of the 10 corners that are on their roster, only three are draftees. 
and all three of those guys are rookies that they took this year, Matt. That's crazy. I, I mean, yeah. well, on top on top of that, on, on on top of that, you've got of all those ten guys, you've got fifteen career interceptions, and Kenny Moore's got fourteen of them. So you know, one guy he last started in 2019, another guy last started in 2020. Uh, Chris Lehmans, who, by the way, is going to miss the first three games of the season, 42 games and no starts. So it's just, it's amazing. It's one of those where you're piling on on what bad stat you want to use, but there's a lot of them there to go with. Hopefully this group comes together. They're certainly going to have a chip on their shoulder to show all of us skeptics that they can play the, the position. But until they do, you have to be concerned. Got to take a page out of uh, Shaq Leonard's playbook and uh, just play the nobody believes in us card. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, the Colts have always been good at sort of mining undrafted uh, free agent talent, but that's uh, taking it to an uncomfortable degree for me. Right. There's only been, I guess, one year now in the past, like, 25 years about that they, uh, that they haven't had an undrafted rookie make the roster, and that was only, like, two years ago uh, when that happened. Yeah, one's fine. One's fine, two's okay, more than that. And and we're not talking about just like a special teamer or something like that either Mm -hmm. here. We're talking about guys that they're probably going to need to contribute to the team. And and they're always going to have – the Colts always have at least five or six cornerbacks make the final 53-man. So so out of all those guys, like there's going to be a lot of inexperience, obviously, on this roster, obviously, uh, because there really is is no other option. Um, Julian Blackman listed as the started strong safety, which is not uh, not a surprise to have him alongside uh, the starting free safety, Rodney Thomas. Uh, at special teams, Dallas Flowers, Isaiah McKenzie are your kick returners. Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Downs uh, are your two punt returners. And after that, not a whole lot of surprises. If you're really deep down into in, into this stuff, you can look and see who the backups are. But kind of as Chap alluded to earlier, that's a lot of stuff that can change. And even guys who are like second string on the depth chart, could be overruled when it comes to making the final 53 man if you're really trying to get the best special teams unit out there. You know, um, like a guy, if there's a guy who's third team, uh, just an example that comes to mind right now is JoJo Doman is listed on as a third team linebacker. But if they want him on special teams, he's going to make the 53 man, you know, maybe over one or two of those guys who are second team right now. So you, so you can't look at, you can't look at this, this depth chart as as hard and fast but it is at least an idea it, it gives us just a picture of of what the the Colts opinion is at least as camp started maybe they even haven't changed it all much all that much since camp started maybe a little bit here and there um but but there it is um there there's our there's our sensational discussion of uh of the Colts uh Colts training camp uh first depth chart you 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 you, you mentioned you mentioned Leonard you mentioned you guys mentioned Shaq Leonard how much do you think he needs to play in these games? I don't know how much, honestly. Like I, like I'm, I'm fine with him doing as little as possible and really being more involved in things that you can control a little bit more with the Bears and the uh, and the Eagles. Like I'm fine with him not playing at all in in, in preseason games. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. So you kind of think that, th- that with the joint practices, you'll get enough uh, live contact. I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind if he played one series in Buffalo or whatever, just, just so he can get that last hurdle out of his head. I was a little surprised when he said that, you know, a little bit of fear was in his mind before he got out in live contact. I tried to give him an out and say, well, I'm anxious. He said, no, I think fear is the right word. So I think that would carry over to, to, to get a couple of plays where he's got to, avoid shed a block you know put a runner down i'm not taking i'm not talking 20 plays at all but maybe maybe you're right and maybe he can get enough of that in what what it what is sort of full speed but still like it's controlled we we say things get out of control occasionally when on joint practice it's just you get some chippiness goes you know five different because michael Pittman jr is on the roster they've got that linebacker that i'll butcher his name the colts do is it a Alubi? A, a a I think. Alubi, I tell you, if he's not in the middle of a skirmish during these joint practices, I'll be shocked because he's been laying the wood to his own teammates. But so so maybe Shaq gets enough work in there. I wouldn't mind him getting a couple snaps in a game just so he can just so he can mark that box off. But boy, he's looked off. They they've not really. 
I guess they've eased him in by how they've used him to some extent. He's practiced a ton, which is good for him. And the first the first hit though Anthony Richardson takes will be on that field uh, on Saturday afternoon. If you if you were Anthony Richardson chap and you could go to one defender and you say, hey, on the Colts roster, you say, hey, I don't want my first hit to be live game action. Just just knock me down here, and so so I get a little pop, a uh, little hop in my step from the pop from your shoulder pads. Who do you go to if you're Anthony Richardson to get one hit before you're actually on the field? Probably a cornerback. You know, a, 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 little, a little guy, I'm, you know, say, I'm going to run this RPO and I'm going to get in on the edge and just hit me and I'll go down. I remember in, back in the day with Peyton Manning, he said, you know, I think it's important you go out there and take a hit. He's, he said, a hit. You know, and then Ed, Edron James says, no, I don't need any hits. So, but but I think, he, again, he, he needs he needs to feel the speed of the NFL. Maybe there were times that, Florida, he ran away from guys, rejuke guys, and he told us something. Or was it during OTAs where he said he was running an RPO, and generally he would be wide open. Yeah. On his move, and he said there was a defensive end right there. So he again, he needs to be hit. I I I won't put a name with it, but I think I'd much rather be hit by a DB than a, a, a linebacker flowing to the ball, but. He's got to. He that's again. I say he's got to. All that stuff he's got to experience, the hit at full at full speed, and the general speed of the game. How windows close different in games, and whatever he experiences in these three preseason games, it's going to magnify when Jacksonville comes in. So it's all part of the process, and that's why I say I, I'm winning you over, as long as he's not, you know. Tinkling down his leg, I think he, he needs to start in September. And, Matt, I might even go to uh, my, if I'm Anthony Richardson, my, my roommate, Josh Downs, just be like, hey, can you hit me once? <laughs> like, that, that, that'll that probably be enough for me. Yeah, that, that'll do. That'll <laughs> do. Right. Uh, and and I, I do kind of wonder, I, I think just by virtue of the fact that they've got joint practices with the Bears before that preseason game, and then they've got joint practices with the Eagles before that preseason game, I think this Buffalo game might be the most that we see any of our starters. I, I would agree with you there. Like, and, and, Chap, you can correct me if I'm if you think we're wrong, but I, I, I think that the starters will get plenty of looks in practice over the next two weeks, that if we're going to see – if we're going to see starters, the, the majority, at least a big chunk of starters, um, and it will be on offense, it will be in this game in Buffalo. Agree, disagree? Yeah, and one thing the fans in general across the league do not want to hear – is it's obvious teams are devaluing preseason games and valuing joint workouts. I mean, this is the first year the Colts have had two different joint work with, with, with two different teams. And what we've seen is they're going to work these guys hard, like next week on Wednesday and Thursday. You're going to see a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of stuff by the, by the starters – and then come game day, you're going to see a lot of Sam Ellinger and, and Evan Funk, Evan Hull, and all that guys. So uh, that that's that's the way I think teams want to approach it. The problem is that you're really really watering down what fans are paying full price for. But uh, that's sort of life in the NFL now. Yeah, NFL doesn't care. Right? No, and the Colts only have the one home yeah. preseason game right. as well. Yeah. So and that comes after the, the Bears practices. So I don't think – I could be wrong, but I, I don't think fans are going to see a lot of Anthony Richardson in his only home preseason game. Well, well here's the good news. Go ahead, Chap. Go ahead. Well, the, the, pro, the, the problem is, though, they've only got three quarterbacks. And you're not going you're, you're to throw Sam out there and say 60 plays. So now, now, now maybe you put Minshew out there and, and more. And, and you, can, you can protect the quarterback in preseason. Of course, that means – Running your your was it four run your four healthy running backs uh, into the ground because you got to run plays. But you know I think we're, I think if I had to bet money on which quarterback plays the most snaps in preseason, uh, my money's on Sam Ellinger, and I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, I agree. And uh, what I was going to say in, in reference to you talking about that that Bears preseason game, the one home game the Colts have. It can't go as bad as the last Colts preseason game against the Bears. You know, I, I was going to say the same thing. What, what, would, what, what can possibly happen 
it, when the Bears are here for the, the next to the last preseason game, nothing. It's just a game. Yeah, really. Okay. What could possibly happen? With this team, you never know. And actually, maybe we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get an up we'll we'll get an update on JT. Right, probably so. That game. Yeah, that that, 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 that like. it, it, you could you could already tell it's going to happen. But um, the, so, some players have had better better experiences here with the, the Colts than others. And this is not something that's on our rundown. But I was going to mention it that this week uh, Matt Ryan was uh, was interviewed uh, about his experience uh, here in Indianapolis, and he referred to it as a blank show. Uh, basically like a start to finish blank show and from a from a veteran of the league who has seen a lot obviously only a second team um, I, I, I thought that those were it, you couldn't have put chap a much, a much better description though you know it's it's hard to argue against against his description of what happened given the fact that you end the season under a uh, coach who's never coached in the NFL or college level before and uh, you're basically getting hit uh, after half a second in the pocket on on every single play, and uh, it's you're losing games by record margins. Uh, you're giving up record fourth quarters. Uh, it is it, it it's hard to argue with with Matt Ryan's analysis of his experience here in Indianapolis last year. I I think that a lot of us in the press room have used that phrase as well, and there's probably other ones. But whenever I it, it, it's it's funny whenever I think of seasons. Sometimes a number jumps out at you, and you won't like it. But a couple of years ago, it was twenty-seven-seven. Carson Wentz's Carson Wentz's touchdowns and interceptions, and they they couldn't get him out here fast enough. And last year, the only number that sticks in my head: thirty-three to nothing. Thirty-three to nothing, and you get beat. So yeah, it it, it was. It, I, I I wish Matt had gone more in depth. With what all went on, because he sort of just gave you the headline phrase and then moved on. And I don't think he'll ever get into what contributed to all that stuff. And part, you know, I don't want to, you know, take him out of the mix. He he was part of it, but he, to me, he was caught up in it. He got caught up in it because uh, you knew what you were getting when he came here. He needed X, Y, and Z, and you gave him none of them. But uh, I, I hope he has a great career in broadcasting. It's funny, he's, he's, still, he's still saying he's not retiring. That probably has something to do with still getting paid by the Colts. So, so it's, you're, probably better, you're probably better off not getting it with another team until, the Col- until your Colt you know, gravy train runs out. Exactly. Like, that's, that's purely business, a business reason why you say you're, you're not retired right now. You're you're paying you're paying me and I'm not getting hit. I like that. I I just you know it, we we say this in the news business. So you know oh just when you think you've seen everything and that's what I liked when his quote. He's like I've been in the league for 14 years. I thought that I had seen everything that you could possibly see <laughs> right. as a quarterback. And then I came to Indianapolis and I was I was wrong. Yeah, I had not seen these things that happened. I mean he was he was basically benched for for Sam Ellinger. Like if you thought Matt Ryan was going to be benched for Sam Ellinger, and I remember he was hurt kind of at the time. Um, mandated, what's mandated. That? What's it was that? Mandated. Mandated. Yes, it was mandated. It was summarily mandated by the man on high uh, that that no longer Matt Ryan would take a snap until he took a snap again. Until, until he was back in the starting quarterback. <laughs> exactly. So and just just like Matt Matt explained, a a, a bleep show, uh, start to finish. Uh, this year, the Colts roster cutdown is uh, slightly different, as it is for every team across the uh, the NFL. They're no longer doing this in spurts or in levels. It's going to be in one fell swoop. On August 29th, the rosters across the league will be cut from 90 all the way down to 53. There will be no rounds. It'll just be boom. And all of a sudden, thousands of players, or nearly a 1,000 players probably, hundreds of players, we'll say hundreds, thousands is, probably too, is, is definitely too much, hundreds of players will be uh, looking for looking for work uh, across the NFL. And, and even in that first cut, Chap, as we've seen in the past, rosters are never 
never set in stone. I know this is a couple weeks out, but it's always a, a good reminder at this time to say that uh, upon that first cut, uh, you have guys like Jack Doyle who aren't on your roster yet or Kenny Moore who isn't on your roster yet until after the first round of cuts. And then you you add those guys later. So, um, I mean, it, it might even be more of a madhouse this year just because of this this new format that the league is going to not having any cut down days except for that final one. So we, we'll, we'll see what happens when 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 the time arrives. This unless I'm looking at it wrong, this all this totally favors teams and does not favor players. It just doesn't to, to throw hundreds of players out there all of a sudden. Uh, yet teams want to keep these players so they can really have enough to, to practice and more than that to to protect starters in that third preseason game. I, I just – this is something we can talk about when we get closer, but I got to believe that there are, I don't know, three players. Four seems too many, but three players who aren't here yet that will be here after teams cut players. Offensive linemen, corner uh, safety. I mean, I, I can, you know, those spots. So it, it, I've always said that the, the worst time for a player is when you make the cut to 53 and you call him and you call mom and say, Hey mom, I made it. I made it. Doggone it. All, all the work we did. And then the next day they find somebody at your position better and they cut you or put you on the practice squad, but it's a cruel business. And the fact they're going to throw X number of players out there in one day, it's just tough, but that's that's what the NFL is all about. Well, starting for the players on the Colts' 90-man roster right now, the chance to, to prove that you belong uh, continues this weekend in, in serious form. Like, what you do in practice matters. What you do in games absolutely matters. So the Colts take on the Bills in Buffalo this Saturday at 1 o'clock kickoff. It'll broadcast and if you're in central Indiana on CBS4. Uh, if any major news breaks, like if the Colts do decide to sign Kareem Hunt, as they uh, could do sometime this week, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Mike Chapel specifically is at mchapel51 uh, Matt Adams is at statamatty I am Dave Griffiths at Dave G underscore sports bringing you Colts and various uh, well this weekend it'll be IndyCar and NASCAR content for me because uh, I'll be out at the track for the the big triple header weekend there uh, with the two series so um, so big weekend coming up uh, for the Colts and uh, we'll have plenty of content for you online, fox59.com, cbs4, indy.com as well uh, from that first preseason game. And likely, uh, most certainly, our first chance to see uh, Anthony Richardson in live, live, live work with the horseshoe on his helmet. So we appreciate you listening to this Colts Blue Zone podcast. We encourage you to subscribe, get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop every week. And we'll see you next time as we have a game to digest on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. <laughs>